0: Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the United Citizens of Europe podcast. This is Luca and today we're going to have a joint episode with the African Dream podcast. We will be discussing the topic of racism in Europe with a specific focus on Italy. Hi Farai, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, thank you very much. How are you Luca?
0: I'm doing right. I'm doing alright. Even though it's windy and it's rainy here in Naples. How's the weather there in uh, Lombardy, in Milan?
1: It's quite terrible, honestly. I mean, it's not as bad now as it was yesterday because we we get fog quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday it was fog and drizzle. Now is a little a little foggy, more like misty, I guess. But it's still cold, which I don't like. So I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> well, I, you're you're also like um, not really allowed to leave (laughs) because you're in a red zone in uh, in Lombardy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're Uh, not allowed to go on excursions or anything, but I think if you want to take a stroll around the neighborhood, maybe jog, we can do that, but we just have to stay within the vicinity of our homes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so why don't we start talking a bit about you, about your background. Um, Who are you? What do you do in life?
2: Oh,
1: okay. So I am Zimbabwean. I just turned 30 years old. Uh, maybe you can edit that part out. Um, <laughs> I have a bachelor's degree in law. Uh, I studied in South Africa first at the University of Cape Town. And then I went back home to do some work as a commercial lawyer. It was interesting at first, but you know, at some point, I think it was around the two year mark of actually working in law firms. I started as an intern and I worked like that for a year and then I became an actual legal associate. So in my second year of being an associate, I had a kind of crisis, I think. I didn't like just kind of the same thing of being almost like a hype man for people who are having petty squabbles with each other, uh, primarily over money. And I felt bad sometimes about, you know, some of the cases because, you know, I worked at one of the bigger law firms. So I would be representing, you know, the overdog who would yeah. be challenged by the underdog. And there were times when I think to myself, this is not the best situation because from a moral perspective, it's it's not ideal. Um, but of course, I did my job and I'd like to think that I did it well. But I think um, I realized that I didn't want to do that because it wasn't for me, it was way too stressful and it was emotionally draining. So I left that job and a few months later I moved to Sweden to study uh, my master's in international human rights law.
0: Oh. That's that's really interesting. Um, where did you study exactly in Sweden?
1: Lund University.
0: Okay,
1: it's in the south of Sweden. I think it's uh yeah, it's closer to Copenhagen than it is to Stockholm. Much closer. <laughs> so it's it's almost like a little slice of Denmark that got away.
0: <laughs> and um, now you are in Milan, right? How yes. Come? How did you get to Milan?
1: Well, when I was in Lund, uh, basically my first month there, I met a boy as one does. And we fell in love, as people do. (laughs) And he's Italian, born and raised in, in Ro, actually. So like just a little ways from Milan. So when he graduated a year before me, he stayed in Sweden for a while, but then he came back here to start working. And he just said, uh, I mean, we, it was a much more involved conversation, but at the end of the day, we agreed that, you know, when I graduated, I would come here and join him. So that's, that's where I am now.
0: Oh, that's, that's actually nice. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really know a lot about um, having a relationship, but I think that's nice. <laughs> <What do laughs> <I do? laughs> um, yeah, so now you are in, um, you're in Milan. Because of love. Mm
1: -hmm. And.
0: um, I don't know. Did you. uh, Did you find a job. Like in the human rights sector. Or in the law sector.
1: No. I am still. On that journey. Um, How long that journey is. I. Don't know. I'm hoping it's going to end soon. But. Yeah. I mean. One of the main issues is. My Italian is very basic. Um, I didn't speak any Italian. When I came. So it's starting from scratch, and also, you know, there are other considerations, like, you know, being a foreign national, and not just any foreign national, but being a Black African woman, um, it complicates the, my employability, I guess I should say. So, yeah, still looking, trying to keep busy, you know, coming up with all sorts of different projects, or joining projects, so that I have, uh, you know, more productive uses of my time because I do like being busy. I do like, you know, having things to figure out and work on. I love research. So right now, um, apart from being a co-host on the African Dream podcast with one of your previous guests, um, I also have a human rights blog that I work on with a friend from Lynde. So just try to, you know, split my time between that when I'm not feeling depressed.
0: Oh, that yeah, that's um, that's not the best feeling, but it's nice that you, um, I don't know, that you're that interested in human rights. And then, I don't know, because uh, it's easy, I think, like to find a job in um, in law firms, but not that easy. But like, it's it's nice that you know, like you decided to leave a law firm um, because of moral. Uh, because of your moral compass and then you went on to study human rights and now you're um, you basically spending most of your time doing that. That's you know doing research on, on that issue. It's it's really nice actually. Even though again that, that doesn't really help you getting jobs. <laughs> um, the problem <laughs> I mean, with human rights is kind of hard. Like
1: CV, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I mean of course. Um but you just said that Um, you are the co-host of uh, a podcast, the African Dream podcast. um, That is the, and uh, obviously, of course, you're um, friends with Tadiwa, which is the first person that uh, we interview in the podcast. Hi, Tadiwa. Um, Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So now I wanted to ask you, how is it going with the, the African Dream podcast?
1: It's great. Um, I've been, I mean, I've been part of the podcast for a couple of months now, started in very late October, I think it was, and it's been really interesting getting back into, you know, interviewing people. I used to be a radio DJ at uh, University of Cape Town. So I, I have some experience talking to people, finding out what they're about and you know learning about different projects that they're working on, but it's different with the podcast because the interviews are longer, and you know, it's discussing deeper issues, um, issues that aren't necessarily, I guess, radio-friendly, because it, the, the kinds of things that people will be strongly opinionated about. So I guess maybe if you had them on daytime radio, there'd always be an angry call coming in like, why did you say this? You know, that kind of thing. But I love it. It's great.
0: <laughs> and how is it evolving now? Like, um, because I see that now you're a bit more frequent than than before in posting interviews, um, right? Yeah. And now your audience is also getting younger as well.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, one of the benefits of having a younger co-host i will not tell you how old i am but <laughs> <laughs> yeah having uh farai on board definitely helped a lot um it was a little bit stressful for me to do it alone having to post on instagram interviewing people editing the podcast it's not so easy and also having basically I'm opinionated I have a way a specific way of thinking but having a co-host who sometimes disagrees with me helps during the interviews uh, discussing strategies posting things it's fantastic I love it we are evolving we are growing we are learning from each other and from the people we interview
0: yeah of course and it's, uh, it's really nice to see um, how the Uh, African Dream Podcast is growing also because now you have a a specific account dedicated to the African Dream Podcast, right?
2: Right, right, exactly, exactly, which is really great. Uh, It has its advantages and disadvantages in the sense that, um, you know, when you post on your personal Instagram page, you are reaching everyone, all your friends. But the African Dream is not for everyone. It's for the African Dream followers mainly. So we um, part of our strategy now for this year is to try and grow our audience on that page for the African Dream podcast, not just on our personal pages. Because we also have our site projects going on on our pages, and we don't want people to get mixed up and confused between the african dream and for example taking care of african hair you know that's <laughs> those are two completely different things
0: yeah. and so today we're gonna discuss about racism in italy uh specifically because of well we could also discuss a bit about racism in um in europe in general why don't we because you have lived in Sweden as well, so we can do um, a comparison.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: So let's, let's start talking about it. You, were, you said before, uh, Farai, that one of the issues for you to find um, a job is also because of you being a woman and an African woman. So not only um, so the, the issue, let's say, it's not just your skin color, but it's also because you're a third national you're not italian so there are um, many layers of
1: quite a few obstacles
0: yeah quite a few obstacles yeah so um, yeah let's uh why don't we start like from the the beginning to then reach the 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 job market (laughs) so who wants to go first
1: uh i mean i guess i can because probably my experience is a lesser in amount so i can get through um my bit pretty quickly So as far as work goes, um, starting with Sweden, the main issue actually that I faced was finding a part-time job, funnily enough, because when I actually made it to Sweden, it was basically by the skin of my teeth. I used all of my savings and my parents had to support me significantly. And they had said that there was only so much they could do for so long especially since the economic situation in Zimbabwe is terrible uh, at the best of times. So I was desperate to find a part-time job, any kind of part-time job. I remember at some point I even walked into a restaurant and I was like, please, I just need a job. If you need someone to f- to sweep your floors or clean your toilets, I'm willing to do it. But it was always, oh, we want someone who speaks Swedish. We want someone who speak Swedish, which I found was actually You know, at first I thought, oh, it's a genuine thing that they just want someone who can actually speak the local language. But I mean, apart from the fact that most Swedes have very passable English skills, there was the fact that there were some people that I was noticing who didn't speak Swedish who were getting part-time jobs. And those people were white. So... It was this difficult situation that I was in where I was thinking, is it because I didn't go to the right places and those places are more open-minded? Is it just bad luck on my part that when I do go to a place, they have already hired someone else, so I just missed it? Or is it something more insidious? And I think that's kind of typified most of my experiences when it comes to, you know, trying to navigate in a predominantly white society, this idea of How do I know what is actually going on here? What is really the problem here? Is it me? Is it something else? And of course, if you live in a society that likes to present itself as this very fair, if you work hard, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you can do anything, you find yourself not doing as well as you expected, but the other people around you are doing well. You can't help but turn that negative feeling inwards and think that it's because you're not worthy, you're not doing enough. But is it really because we're not doing enough? That's that's the problem. And I mean, the job that I actually ended up getting was um, as a food delivery person. Um, so I was one of those people like on the bikes that you see around the city, you know, with the gigantic, you know, insulated backpacks, like struggling up a hill. And it was a lot. <laughs> it was a very difficult job but i mean one thing that i noticed which was really ironic i guess was that that company's deliveries were almost all immigrants um almost all black african immigrants actually you had maybe one or two white swedish people and i kind of found it strange that we were all like kind of almost shunted to this one type of job but the other jobs the other part time jobs that were more Easy, I suppose. You know, like you don't have to like slip and try to maintain your balance in the snow if you're just carrying trays from one table to another. That these really difficult jobs were being held by immigrants. It's something that always bothered me, and I think about it a lot. Uh, but at the same time, I was just grateful to have a job. So whatever it is that was happening, I was like, oh my gosh, they employed me. I can actually not only earn money to buy food and save. I can actually send some money home if. You know, maybe my brother really needs something and my parents are in a bind. So, you know, it's like a mix of gratitude and slight resentment. Um, And in Italy, I mean, I can say that I had one experience that was definitely shady. Um, And you may think I'm a little on the like crazy side for doing this, but we'll see. Uh, There was a law firm that was looking for an intellectual property lawyer. Um, an Italian one. So I sent them an inquiry email because the job notice had been up for a while. So I just said, I just graduated from a university in Sweden. I have a bachelor's degree in law. I'm familiar with intellectual property law. Um, Is this position still open? Because I'm interested in applying. No response whatsoever. No acknowledgement that I'd emailed them. And then I waited a couple of months I see the job posting still up. I think, oh, maybe it just wound up in their spam folder. Let me try again. So basically the same email, send it, no acknowledgement. And then I was like, hang on, let me try something else. So I made up a fake person, made up a fake email address. And I gave this person like (laughs) the whitest, most like European or North American sounding name I could think of. And then I sent essentially the same email. So I said, okay, so I'm an English um, expatriate just arrived in Milan looking for a job. I have a bachelor's degree from accredited universities. I even mentioned that one of the universities was South African and uh, just asking, is this job open? And then five days later, oh, thanks for your interest in our job posting. You can send us your CV and we'll look at it. And I was like, okay, so this clearly wasn't like my email being moved to the spam folder and just not being seen. It seems like they just saw my name and they were like, "Mm, no, no, no. And they ignored me. So, I mean, just this idea of name discrimination. It's, you know, because name discrimination is so closely linked to, you know, xenophobia and racism because our names are intrinsic to our identities and who we are. So you can tell, I mean, you're essentially judging what I am based on what my name is without even having gotten to know who I am. And that's what I have to deal with. It's a frightening thought.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am uh, Italian-Brazilian. My father's Italian, my mother's Brazilian. And uh, when sometimes my mother orders stuff like food with her name and we have to pick it up, her name, like, always either disappears or the food gets delayed or like you know there, there are always issues every time we use her last name and not my father's last name. Oh Wow. Every time. Again I'm lucky because uh, my name and last name are Italian but then like when I show up they're always surprised because they're like oh like you know like where's there should be a Luca there like yeah it's it's this one in front of you um but you know since i am um, a bit darker than the um, italian standards even though not always because at least here in the south some people are um as dark as i am uh but they're like you know kind of one in a million but there's still you know some italians that are as dark as i am like i'm not even that dark i like i know that i'm light-skinned but but still sometimes it's still let's say not it's a bit complicated to, to explain stuff. But then I always have to rely on the fact that, yeah, I, I am Italian. And that's what kind of saves me. And that's what drives me nuts. That I always have to pretend that, you know, I have to wipe under the rug the fact that, yes, I look like this. But then most of the time, it's just good for them. The fact that, you know, like, they don't have to deal with any um, paper issue, like any document issue, because I have Italian citizenship. But... When they have to post nice pictures on the internet they can say that they had they are the first team because they have me mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so it's just people. because
0: it's comfortable for them but mm-hmm. you know like and that's that that's super comfortable because i'm not even like diverse at all like i my portuguese is terrible and uh you know i'm not that brazilian except like i i don't i'm not white basically but that's for them what diversity is um not culturally but it's just you know like just up for the picture uh, just for a for the for the social media, I am not white, so it's it's gonna do it's gonna do the trick, mm-hmm. and that's and that's all it is. And to be honest, I was like, it's not crazy what you what you did with um, uh, with the email. Like I would have been like I because of course like you want to know, and this is one of the 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 worst part is that you never you always have to question yourself when something happens, and you know you can never have a peace of mind. That's the worst part. know like okay so like is my CV terrible or like did you like did you even look at it like do do you want to look at it or like again you don't want it because my name is not like your cup of tea
1: yeah exactly so I
0: totally understand what you did and to be honest like that's I don't know it, it doesn't sound crazy to me because it is one of those things that you want to like you want to know like like what's going on like are you again are you really looking for a person are you looking for a white person (laughs) you know like like again because technically they cannot say it they cannot say that they're not looking for a woman and most times they for um for some jobs they don't really want women Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and you and again they cannot really say that they're not looking for people that are not white but most of the time you know like in this type of circles of people when they don't accept like people of other nationalities it's just because like they are racist they're gonna make racist jokes in the in the offices and you know they don't want to be called out <laughs> that's one of the main reasons why they probably uh, don't even want to consider but it's still frustrating because it's not normal like you know you shouldn't exclude me just to save your ass as a as a racist Tadio, so, do you have any experience because i'm getting a little bit uh level-headed right now <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, of course. I've had lots and lots and lots of experience. And unfortunately, I think Farai has come to Italy when I believe that in Italy things have changed so much uh, compared to when I arrived in 2016. Because um, before, I mean, when I was in Cape Town, right? Cape Town, yes, it's a beautiful place for tourism, but it also has a lot of racism. And I lived in a place called Somerset West next to Stellenbosch, which is for the Afrikaner community. And in South Africa, I did face racism, like blatant, straightforward, they you are know, not joking around, where they would literally tell you at the dentist, for example, oh, I'm sorry, go look for another dentist because we don't serve your kind, your color, only whites, you know? Are you that kidding fits- I'm so serious that happened to a friend of mine and I was with her at the dentist or you go to a doctor and they send you to the black to the back room where they serve uh, blacks only the front part with the nice white walls and the beautiful chairs is for the white people only so that was okay I'm not saying that racism was okay. But at least when you walk through the door, they tell you, we don't want you. This is what it is. Walk out, stay away from here, right? But then you come, I came to Italy and yeah, I heard a little bit about racism in Italy, but I'm a very open-minded person. I don't believe in judging uh, people or countries based on what people say, because that's what happens with Zimbabwe all the time. So when I arrived here, I meant some, what I thought were friendly people, but they really weren't. It took a while for me to see that, you know, what they would say and how they treated me was very different from how they treated um, white people, for example, or other Africans who are from the acceptable African countries, like South Africa and Kenya. I was treated as a Zimbabwean, one of those very illiterate, poor countries. And unfortunately, my immediate environment, uh, which was my university, had some students, not teachers, I should make that very clear, some students who um, were borderline or almost blatantly racist, not just towards me, but towards other people who were not Italian stop and I cried for two years my two years I cried uh, studying there was always something happening to me directly or indirectly but of course I graduated started looking for a job and you find again there will be some racism here and there but at the same time my community became much bigger I met amazing people and I've learned to sort of recognize the people who are fake and those that are actually real. I'm still very wary of any Italian that I meet because I don't know if their intentions are pure or if they're basically making fun of me. I'm the, Am I the butt of their jokes? I'll never really know that. And sometimes I will confess, I use my middle name because I know when I use the name Lynette, people assume i have some french background or i'm american especially when i speak english and the minute i say i'm from zimbabwe they can be either very happy and curious about zimbabwe about me or they immediately close off because as far as they're concerned i am from africa were illiterate were poor were not worthy of their attention so that's my experience unfortunately <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, What you said is actually really interesting because it's um, the fact that you said that if they think that you are from the United States, it's fine. You know, it's uh, they don't care that you are not white. But as long as you're from the United States or like from other uh, developed countries, it's fine. But then uh, this is something that Tia Taylor, I don't know if you follow her. Uh, She's a she's a YouTuber and like um, and Instagram also like celebrity. I don't know how to say it, but she's also like in Milan. And and this is one of the things that she said that uh, when when people don't know where you're from and you're black, it's always a mixed feeling. But then when she says she's from the United States, she gets treated well. But then uh, she I remember like she also said, but then the problem is that when uh, her friends don't say that they're also from the United States, then, you know, you can see how different people start treating everyone. So it's like what she was saying is that in Italy, the racism is it it's more like linked to xenophobia because depending on where you're from, that's how they're going to they're going to treat you again. And just like when I say that, you know, like because I I think I'm mixed enough that I can be from many countries like I could be North African. I could be Indian. Um, I could be, I don't know, Southeast Asian, apparently, even though I don't think I can look like a, I'm from Southeast Asia, but. Apparently, for some people, like my professor, I can be Indonesian as well. So, like, basically, I always have to say that I'm Brazilian. And then, you know, like, of course, like, the um, the reaction is different, you know, because they're like, oh, Brazil, nice. Even though most people don't know where Brazil is. My mom was asked if Brazil was in, in Africa. So, <laughs> um, and, um, and to be honest, like, I'm... I'm you know, the fact is that I really, like, would love to uh, to also have my mother here, but she doesn't speak English uh, because she really um, went through a lot because she came here in Italy in the 90s and she, she also didn't care about speaking Italian because, like, she had no intentions to really come to Italy, but she went through, like, a lot of things and one of the most racist uh, people that she met was my family, okay. was my Italian family, so, like, and I, this is this is a bit of a um, sad segue uh, to you, Farai. Um, you mm-hmm. say your boyfriend um, is Italian. Yeah. Um, how did your uh, how did his family uh, react to you?
1: They were very open and very affectionate. Oh, that's um, cool. I was I was nervous because you know I thought oh dear I mean interracial relationships just anywhere can be very tricky so you know when he when he would talk about you know talking about me to his parents i'd be like do they know i'm black you know <laughs> one of those things uh but there was uh, i remember there was a time when he changed his whatsapp profile picture to a picture of the two of us and you know his dad was like oh that's your girlfriend and he's like yeah that's my girlfriend and he's like is she pregnant and he's like no <laughs> it's like oh okay, cool <laughs> Like, that was it. (laughs) That's all he needs to know. Everything else is fine. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I must say, though, that I've had the privilege and opportunity to to meet um, her partner's family, and they are really amazing. I mean, I met the grandfather. And generally, you think the old generation is the one that's, you know, might be a little bit racist oh my gosh she's amazing he's a sweetheart um and i really love that i love that you know there are people who are that open-minded that don't really see the whole race and color thing they're more about just people living and loving
1: yeah it was it was a relief uh because I, I mean like I said I was nervous. Um but yeah, like his entire family, you know, like both sides, they've just been like, Oh, welcome to the family, let us feed you. <laughs> keep yeah. eating, keep eating. <laughs> so no, that's, really
0: nice. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, it's nice that um you had a, a good reception because um of course that's the, the only thing you you want to have. Because again, like it's it's already like complicated when you're in a relationship because they might not like you for, for different reasons. Like, again, like, cause the, 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 the bottom line here is that it's okay. Like if the family of my partner don't really like me because I don't know, maybe they don't like my job. They don't like, you know, like, like stupid things, but you know, like if you don't like me because, or maybe because I was rude to, to them, you know, that's a good reason to not like me, but you know, like if you don't like me and you do everything for us to break up for literally no reason, Other than my skin color or where I'm from, then that's a problem. (laughs) But I'm I'm happy that like it's uh, it's not your case. But they're really Italian family that forced you to eat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Is he like from like is his family also from Milan,
1: or are Uh, they like from? Actually, they're originally from the south, from Calabria. So his parents moved north at different points in their lives. Um, If I recall. His dad moved as an adult, and his mom moved uh, when she was still a kid. So she'd been in the North longer than the dad when he came. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Let's just end it with uh, with some questions about racism in the, um, in, in the workplace. Is
2: that, that okay? Is quite, yeah, that's a very good topic. Very, very good topic. I do wish, though, maybe if we had an American with us, probably they would give a different perspective because i mean like we've already talked about it's not always about the color of your skin but about your nationality and that definitely makes a huge huge difference uh, with regards to how people treat you so that's also something that i think i've had i have learned and i'm still learning in italy that you know like For example, in Angola, Angola is a multiracial, multicultural country and everyone I met there from France, the US, Zimbabwe, South Africa, they were all the same, you know, they were very open-minded, but here it's completely different. I run in completely different social circles simply because I'm regarded as being lower-class. And I speak to, when I tell some people I have a master's degree from one of the best universities in Italy. Exactly. Or that I have work experience in multinational companies, multinational franchises like Bata. Mm -hmm. They don't believe me. All they see me as being good enough for is being an English teacher. I cannot be accepted professionally as anything else. Which kind of sucks, it, but you know that's life, right? You can't always get what you want when you want it. You have to work for it sometimes.
0: No, yeah. I mean, again, it's good that you are a hustler, as you, um, as you say in your in your podcast, that you you, um, you are into like this uh, old hustle of you know working for your for your dreams. It is draining, as we said in the um, in the other episode. It is draining, of course, to uh to be always focused because sometimes when you don't get feedbacks um or like good feedbacks um you know you you're not really motivated to to move forward but it is what it is
2: yeah and that's i really believe one of the benefits of COVID 19 is that there are certain opportunities that have come up and you know we have to try and adapt try and find those opportunities because smart working you know other people would have just said okay i can't find a job i'm stuck in italy let me pack my bags and go back home to zimbabwe but the hustle you know we are hustling we are finding (laughs) we're smart working trying new projects reaching for new heights so sometimes those obstacles can actually be a form of um how can i say it motivation right so, I mean, yeah, racism is there. It's not going to disappear anytime soon. What can you do about it? Find a way around it, probably?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's nice, though, that you basically didn't want, like, didn't want you to, to have some certain types of jobs, but for being an English teacher, and you're just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have my own podcast. I'm going to show you that, you know, I can do other stuff, like... You know, I'm good at communicating. I'm good at, let's also say like marketing stuff, like on social media and how to promote stuff, you know. That's also like a, a skill that, you know, that you can prove now. That you can be like, hey, you know what? Yes, I am a good English teacher as well. But, you know, I can do other stuff. And it's crazy that you are um, a graduate at La Catolica, And, you know, and the only thing they want you to do is uh, is an English teacher. When you didn't graduate in uh, English literature or grammar or whatever
2: it is crazy ridiculously crazy but i'm okay with that i mean i'm not okay with that right i'm just saying that if that is what i have at this point in time sure if you'd only see me as an english teacher i will just give you those english lessons but i will also look for other opportunities look for other people who are willing to accept me as i am And to be honest, I learn a lot from my students. So I've actually started stock trading because of lessons from my students. And I'm I'm doing well. I'm not a millionaire, not even close, okay? I'm still teaching English, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm learning, and that's a good thing for me because I feel like every opportunity is is a learning experience. Yeah. Take what you can from it and use it to your advantage.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: That's really inspiring. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh I would say that we can conclude the interview. It was very nice talking to you. And let's also say the uh, let's also tell the audience to go listen to your podcasts because uh you have really nice interviews there and you're gonna have even better interviews if I say so. In a couple of weeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to sharing this episode as well with our listeners. So this week we have not. We're not publishing anything. We're waiting for yours and uh, for this collaboration. And we're gonna post it on our page as well. And I feel like I really love, um, or we really love, the United Citizens of Europe because what you have to share isn't just for Europeans, it can also be used by Africans, especially those who want to move to Europe. And we really have no idea about half the stuff that goes on in the EU. So it's really amazing. Keep up the good work. Keep up (laughs) posting.
0: Oh, we'll definitely do it. Okay, so thank you very much. Listen to the, um, the African Dream podcast. See you next week. Bye.
1: Bye. It was so fun.